Hey everyone, this is Julian, and you are listening to the Clear Cash Podcast. Back, baby. That's Nick hooting and hollering in the background. That is Nick. He's so stoked. He's so ready. We uh we had a week off unintentionally. Uh, we tried to record a video podcast for totally accurate battlegrounds, and it turned couldn't into get in. no couldn't get in. Turned into a totally accurate failure of a night. Uh, we we did manage to get one match in, quick match. Uh, we died pretty rocked. quickly, uh, mm. and I I haven't had a chance to go back and play it. We got to do that soon though. Mm. Uh, so it's been a while, but we're back, and now is the probably the best time to be back. Uh, we're at the tail end of E3, coming to a close, 2018. E3, the eclectic, excellent. Got it. Come on. Pull it uh, out. You got Europa, it. Europa, baby. Europa. Yeah, I love that continent. <laughs> E3 2018 is now, well, it's it's it done now, right? Close. It's done now. Yeah. It's done. It's over. Today's Everybody Friday left. evening. We closed out E3 2018. See you later. Is this actually the longest E3 of all time? Is it? It's fully like seven days. I guess so, because it started, like, the press conferences started Saturday, right? Yeah. So then, yes. so it was almost a week, a full week of E3. Well, it's Friday today, right? Uh, Well, Saturday to Friday. Oh, yeah. Okay. So, but how the show floor, I think, to the public was open only Wednesday through Friday, and Monday and Tuesday were, like, media and press and stuff like that. Yeah. I'm I guess the sure. conferences were spread out. More yeah. than usual, right? Felt like it. Felt like felt like they spaced him out. Yeah. I didn't neither of us made it to E three this year, which is the first in what, like five years now? Yeah. I feel like we one of us have has gone the past five years at least. Um so we both missed out on it. We both actually kind of missed out on the beginning of, of E three because you were you were out for like the start of the press conferences, right? Uh, yes, okay. I was busy. Yeah, I was down in San Diego over the weekend for a wedding when the press conferences started. So I was getting I was getting live updates from homies who were giving me a Bethesda updates because that's really what I wanted to hear. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I was like I said, I was down in San Diego and I wanted to ask you something. Uh, so San Diego reminds me a lot of San Francisco in a lot of ways. This is not gaming related. Okay. Um, they and they have uh we stayed in like the downtown area it's very metropolitan uh and they have all those birds and a lot of public uh transportation via birds and the rentable bikes and and all that um, oh the scooters the scooters which they don't uh, have okay. they don't have those in San Francisco anymore right like they did but they had to remove them because um, yeah, I don't know if they've actually finished removing them, but I know that the city passed an ordinance saying, like, get these the fuck out of here. Yeah, dude, they were tired <laughs> of those birds. They're still in Oakland. Okay. Have you used one before? I've not used one, but um, I live next to a park, and, and uh, somebody left one at the park, and a kid came over to play basketball with his friends, and they saw the scooter and went over, like, oh, what's this about? It was a lime scooter. Yeah. And... Uh, one of them stood on it and was like, ooh, like checking it out. And it started going, leave me alone. I'm going to call the police. We'll what? call the police. Yeah, do not damage the scooter. We'll call the police. And he he was a black kid on top of it. So it was like exceptionally uncool to just like 
for an inanimate object to threaten to call the police on <laughs> yeah, a fucking black kid. I didn't know they did that. Well, I know yeah. the birds don't do that. They just beep when you touch them. No, uh, the birds don't it. do that. Lime, Lime bike has an alarm that verbalizes that it'll call the police if you keep fucking with it. Oh, my uh, God. It doesn't call the police. Yeah, of course not. Um, yeah, and uh, so he left it alone. And then um, uh, Oakland has, has Oakland is where they're normally at, the scooters. Uh-huh. And um, somebody finally, like, tweeted, like, yo, check this out. The scooters threatened to call the cops on you if you touch them. Wow. <laughs> and uh, a bunch of outlets picked it up, and the company responded by disabling the alarm. But these tech companies, like, they're all about enacting policy and then getting regulated later and being like, right. oh, shit, sorry. Whoops. <laughs> yeah, but it's fucking disgusting so you, you had these bird scooters yeah 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 they're just they're actually super fun and they got some speed to them i was i was cruising i, know, I hear they're tight and they look fast as fuck yeah dude uh i didn't realize the the you know because i'd never been on one before and I, I picked up one and i didn't understand that the one i had picked up right away was just was broken uh because oh. i never used one before mm-hmm. uh, the accelerator was actually broken on it uh so like i get on the fucking thing and I, I press down on the accelerator and it sticks. So imagine mm-hmm. like you're getting getting in a new car and you don't know how cars work. Yeah. And you, you push your foot down on the accelerator and it just sticks. Mm-hmm. And so in order for it to you to stop moving, you have to pull it back yourself. Oh, okay. That's how this broken bird was operating. I didn't realize it was broken though. I thought that's just how it was. Right. And I would I would like push the thing down all the way and I'd just fly but i was thinking like if there's any machine that is going to be the first machine to like somehow gain sentience and and rise up it's going to be the bird scooters dude because those things are so mistreated oh they're (laughs) brutalized and i like honestly fuck them dude i'm I'm all about kicking over robots that want to call the cops on you (laughs) fuck you dude (laughs) well i see you know there's like people in uh santa monica down by the pier that will chuck them in into the ocean Oh, tight. Like you could. Good. If you walk along the pier in Santa Monica or like Venice, you could see birds laying at the bottom of the ocean. Oh, man. I mean, like, that's that's disgusting. Like, put them in pools. Don't yeah. put them in the ocean. Yeah. But, yeah, we were having the same dilemma in the Bay Area. They're tossing the lime scooters and bird scooters into the bay. And yeah. it's like, you got the right idea, but you're directing your energy in the wrong place. Tear them down. Yeah. Remove the bird threat from this world. Okay, so we have a lot of E3 to, uh, stuff to cover, and before we get too heavily into it, I just want to talk to you a little bit about this uh, this Fortnite party I went to right. uh, that was part of like the E3 uh, schedule. Uh, so I I saw your Instagram story, and like every Instagram story, I watched it on mute, <laughs> and um, I saw that you watched you saw Vince Staples that he was yes there, so that's what <laughs> it looked like he was bitter as fuck dude. which which I just absolutely love him for dude he's he's so oh my god hateful. you would have you would have fucking loved this I kept thinking oh, of you the whole fucking, time I have oh, some man. videos I have to send you yeah please um, so the Fortnite event was held at the Memorial Coliseum here in LA it's yeah. where the Olympics were held it's where USC plays football uh, the Rams actually play football there too uh, NFL Rams. Um, it's this huge stadium. They for the past few years they've also done the FYF festival there, mm-hmm. uh, where they have the event kind of circumnavigate the stadium, which is really counterproductive to the whole thing. Yeah, we were talking um, about that last time, right? Yeah, exactly. And you, um, 
luckily this Fortnite event was only on one half so you didn't have to completely do run a circle around the thing to get right. to see everything um but what they did was uh spent a ton of money which they have obviously <laughs> yeah. uh and um kind of created like or tried to recreate areas from the Fortnite map um nothing too crazy structure wise i mean it's not like they completely built out an entire area from the map they just had a lot of stuff that looked like props from the game uh their food court area where they were giving out free food uh was modeled after some of the the food uh, buildings in the game they, they had in the middle of this event a stage set up where there were going to be musical performances throughout the night right and originally drake was supposed supposed to perform oh you know drake uh had this uh he he went on ninja i think is his name he's like yeah. the top fortnite streamer um, yeah. he played fortnite with drake one night and it went crazy yeah. and i guess fortnite is a fan or i mean drake is a fortnite fan in some regard yeah uh, he played before yeah <laughs> so he so he was scheduled to perform at this event and he dropped out and oh. who they got to replace him was Vince Staples. That's such a huge upgrade. <laughs> well, not only is it a huge upgrade, but it was also not an upgrade for them in, no, in their minds. I, I'm sure they're like, oh, Vince Staples, he's an L.A. local. You know, <laughs> they don't people, know shit people, about what he does. No, they don't at all. They must have just assumed because he's L.A. local and people in L.A. will like to see Vince Staples that he would yeah. be perfect for this Fortnite event. Holy shit, dude. They were so wrong. Dude, um, tell me. So, so he starts, and I I didn't realize it was him at first. Uh, uh, I I knew he was performing, but I didn't yeah. know he had come on. I just started to hear music from the yeah. stage, and I walked over, and then I noticed he actually has his full stage show set up for it. Oh, damn! Which is and, awesome because his stage show—have you seen it? Like the one he travels with? No. It's it's super fucking dope. Like he has this like multi-level layered. Uh, screen system that shows uh, concurrently like different old like video clips from movies and 90s like car chases and clips from like world star hip-hop it's like chaos and reminds me of like being like really really stoned and like flipping the tv channel at like three in the morning <laughs> and just seeing chaos and weirdness and and like seediness like yeah it, it's really cool and I've, I've, I haven't had the chance to see it live. So I was like, hell yeah, dude, he brought this shit. Yeah. And so I, I was enjoying it. And when I walked up to his set, he was already mid-performance, like mid-song. Yeah. And he seemed to be into it. I was like, okay, he gets it. So like that's the thing about Vince Stables. I have to say this real quick. He's like one of the most impressive live performers I've ever seen. And he's just like ostensibly he's just a rapper. But he just fucking goes so physically hard on stage. He's just... Mm -hmm fucking throwing himself all over the stage he's it, he makes it so energetic and if the audience isn't digging it he'll he'll let them know <laughs> oh and he fucking did dude so this first i think it was his first song and it, it ends and i'm like okay so like i'm gonna stand here and watch this whole set because I, yeah. I like Vince staples and yeah. i've seen him live before it's a it's a great show um and then i'm, I'm kind of like looking around and i noticed that not a lot of people seem to know who he is or oh, if man. they do like they don't really care that they're seeing him like because i was like i you could walk up and be at the stage like two that's incredible it. yeah it was awesome yeah and uh there was i want to say like actually watching him probably less than 
50 or 60 people. Oh, that's so, oh man. All right. And there's, there's, tell me where this goes. I think at the event, there must have, at that time, like he started performing about 45 minutes after they started letting people in. Mm-hmm. And getting people into the event was actually a big issue mm-hmm. um, because they, they only have like a few scanners to scan your pass. Uh, so mm-hmm. it was taking a long time to get in. Um, so maybe that's why. But anyway, there's so there's not a lot of people watching him. And he performs his next song. And he's so far, like, the banter in between songs is is not there. He's not really addressing the audience in any way. Mm-hmm. Um, and then you, I began to realize, like, after the second song, that because the audience wasn't paying much attention to him, I mean, they're, they're watching, but there's no energy in the crowd, I began to notice that his energy started to just plummet. Yeah. And uh and that's when this sarcasm started. Oh man. And he just in between songs, he would just go fucking in, dude. Like <laughs> at one at one point he was like, "Raise your hand if you like Fortnite." And like no one really did, like cuz no one's into it. No one's really even listening to him. Yeah. And he goes, "You all bitches." And I was like, "Oh <laughs> shit, dude." <laughs> like he does not give a fuck right now. No, dude. So ben yeah. Staples has a history of of unleashing on audiences that are that are clearly not feeling it, mm-hmm. sp- specifically at his level, right. which is like understandable because like he puts so much energy into it and his music is so high energy and so much of Summertime 07 is like part like dark ass party music basically. Yeah. Um, and if you're not feeling it, dude, like what are you even fucking doing here as far as he's concerned? Right. And right. He even had like a tiff with an audience uh, that expanded. In, into a like Twitter argument with a bunch of people who went to a show that they were pissed that he was like chastising them for not caring enough that he uh, started a fake GoFundMe called uh, I think it was called bitch get off my dick and he was like hey pay me a million dollars I had, had a pitch video pay me a million dollars I'll stop making music I'll move to Palm Springs you know don't worry about me anymore until then get off my dick and he wrote a song about it too. <laughs> he did right yeah he performed it at this, oh really uh, yeah Okay, cool. And I think the set was probably like seven songs. Yeah. Uh, And it covered his his catalog. He performed some of his bangers. So I was was stoked just to see him again and and, and that close. And I felt to me it was like an intimate experience, regardless of his energy level being down. But yeah, I I enjoyed it thoroughly. Good. So uh, yeah. And then, you know, Fortnite, obviously getting into the E3 stuff came out on Switch. Um, and Nintendo didn't have a presence at this event and mm. I, you know, they had just announced it that day. The event was Tuesday night, which was the day of the Nintendo press conference. Okay. Um, so it had just come out that day and it was officially announced also on switch that day. Um, and since then we've learned that Sony has kind of had this issue with Nintendo having, um, cross play. Or Sony or, doesn't just have an issue with Nintendo. Sony has an issue with everybody. They won't right. let anyone do crossplay. Okay. It was uh it was accidentally enabled accidentally in fucking fat ass air quotes on Rocket League, I believe, by the developers just to like make a point of what or it could have been Fortnite by the developers to make a point of like or presumed to make a point of like this is possible. It's just Sony is not allowing us to do it. Right. And I mean, it Sony is not everybody even, to no end. Right. And so Sony's not allowing people even to use their, if they had a Fortnite account on PS4, 
Mm-hmm. If you've if you've had if you have a Fortnite account that you've ever even used on a PS4, you can't mm-hmm. use it on a Nintendo Switch, which is insane. <laughs> That's crazy. And people are understandably very very upset about that. Well, I hope their energy is put pointed in the right direction. Yeah. Are they not at, at Fortnite devs? Uh, not at or Epic. Nintendo or Nintendo, but at Sony. It seems to be directed at Sony. I think people are getting the right idea. Okay. Oh, okay. So getting into E3, God, there's so much fucking stuff to talk about. Um, to start off, I wanted to ask you if you saw anything about what the atmosphere was like at E3 the, this year. Not really, no. Because um, I didn't really either, and that that seems very different than it was last year, in which uh, last year was the first year it was open to the public. You could yeah. buy tickets, and it seems like a lot of people were talking about the atmosphere change um and that wasn't so much the case this year and obviously maybe there isn't much of a change since last year or there's just not much to talk about in that regard but i didn't really read any articles i didn't see many tweets about it i was wondering if you saw anything about it what i will say is that um last year um e3 was not checking bags as a security measure which you know i mean Feel however about that you will. What I think that speaks to is their lack of preparedness for specifically the kind of fan base that the games community has and how checking bags, I think, is like an actual important issue. Yeah. And a lot of people who attend the event professionally were very pleased to hear that they were checking bags this year, like relieved. Um, and I think their decision to do that is cognizant of the dynamic change that comes from allowing fans to enter allowing paid attendees um so i think that maybe we're not hearing about the the dynamic of the show because it was fine because they were cognizant of of it this time rather than just assuming it would be the same fucking thing over again which is with more people Mm -hmm. which it totally wasn't apparently last year yeah, it was really chaotic last year. Um, um, Todd Howard even had a moment during his Bethesda conference where he talked about E3 changing and and how it's so much different now than what it used to be. Right, I remember that. He well, okay, so it's funny you mention that because Bethesda actually uh, through the Prey account on Twitter, Prey being a Bethesda game, um, solicited fans to cosplay as um, characters from Prey. And to say, like, hey, come to the booth and show us your cosplay. And um, I think that that kind of foretells what direction people are approaching the show from. It's no longer strictly a corporate event. It's now kind of veering in, like, a Comic-Con direction. And Comic-Con is itself a corporate event. Like, comic vendors go to Comic-Con to buy merch, to sell at their stores. It just happens that fans have have become the target of so many uh parts of that show um and i think e3 is probably going in like a comic-con pax direction if oh absolutely yeah i mean every year that i've gone i've seen more and more stuff for sale in the first place just like vendors selling all like you know schlock for lack of a better word we you Uh, and i have gone before and i remember seeing some dumb fucking e3 shirts they were basically like console controllers that and mm-hmm. said like e3 20 you know 14 or whatever at the bottom yeah but as of yesterday 
like as I almost said yesterday, as of last year, <laughs> um, I'd never seen anything quite like I've seen the world's most powerful console or like I'm an epic gamer or shit, <laughs> shit like that. <laughs> okay, so let's let's get into some of the stuff uh, that we saw at E3 this year. Uh, I want to talk about EA's press conference first. They also were the first press conference. Um, and the one thing I want to pick out of there specifically uh, is Battlefield 5. And right. we may be at odds here on this one. And that's why mm. I'm keen to talk about it. So be careful what words you use. <laughs> so I, I played Battlefield 1 last year and I, I got pretty bummed out playing it. I didn't even play it. I played the beta. <laughs> and then I played Battlefront 2 also. I didn't purchase it. And also mm-hmm. kind of bummed out. I And the controversy was heavy. I, I didn't feel particularly hurt by it because I wasn't invested. Mm-hmm. But uh, I understand why people were so frustrated and mad at EA. And I understand why people are, again, hesitant to buy so quickly into another first-person shooter put out by EA. Mm-hmm. Um the big difference that EA really hammered home multiple times throughout their press conference uh, across several different games was that they weren't going to focus on loot boxes. They were going to take that out. They're going to take out premium passes. They mentioned that with, um, I almost said fallout. They mentioned this with battlefield five mm-hmm. said this, uh, during the Anthem part where they section where they talked about Anthem. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's a good thing, I think. Right. Yeah, but like, way to fucking toot your own horn for not being a fucking asshole anymore. All right. Thanks for not not doing that to me anymore. <laughs> it's like you've been poked with a stick in the eye for a year or two years, and they're finally stopping, and you got to applaud them for it. They're not just stopping; they're throwing a fucking parade about it. Yeah, <laughs> literally, it is actually a parade that they threw. Dude, room full of people to to congratulate them on removing the shitty thing from their game. There are lots of people who have already said lots of stuff about how EA is positioning themselves as the heroes in this scenario, specifically how they're trotting out the developers to apologize to us. Oh, the as if it was devs? The de- yeah, it's not, like it was the developer's choice to begin with. Fuck yeah. off, dude. <laughs> no, this was a corporate decision. Oh, yeah. They started with uh, last year we launched Battlefront 2 and clearly we didn't get it right. Yeah, and he was like, he was like defeated the whole time. It was so painful to to witness. But yeah, yeah. I mean, great, cool. Don't do loot boxes anymore. Fine. I'm not gonna like give you a pat on the back for that. Right. <laughs> um. So Battlefield Five is bringing back uh the destruction that has been missing from the last few Battlefield entries. Yes. 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 <laughs> Man, when they showed those tanks ripping through those houses, I got flashbacks to Bad Company too. Ooh, ooh, ooh. So all I need that I didn't get that still concerns me is for them to show a building fucking falling over. Cause, Completely. Yes, j- just yeah. falling over. Bad Company 2, one of, probably the best multiplayer experience I've ever had. Uh, in any game, I've been playing multiplayer first-person shooters since Quake 2, okay? And Bad Company 2 fucking... Out of the park, knocks Excels. that shit out of the park. Yeah, I can. Par- I agree. I'm. I'm right there with you. You just got. You're. You're fleeing all the time, and part of that is because buildings are crumbling around you, and not just like you're being exposed. Like you will die if you stay in this building. Oh, I'll tell you, my my favorite moment I've ever had in a video game ever, and yeah. I've played video games my whole life, 
was in Bad Company 2 on the desert map. I don't remember the name. Mm-hmm. I was camped on the second floor of a house shooting mm-hmm. out of the window. Mm-hmm. And they the the building, uh, the foundation started crumbling. And I knew right. it was going to explode. Yeah. The wall behind me, blown out. It already uh-huh. been blown out. The building starts collapsing. You know, you have like a couple seconds to get out. Yeah, yeah. I start sprinting. And it's like, there's no fucking bullet time. There's no slow yeah. motion. No. I felt like time slowed in real life and in this game and i'm just like the bionic man and i fucking jump out and the the thing i couldn't see behind me but i knew that building was collapsing as i jumped out from behind me and it was oh my god it was Uh, uh, that that pure like emotional it was insane dude it's all yeah it's all gut reaction yeah and I, i need that again me and too. man, I hope Battlefield Five can deliver on that. We it looks promising. It looks like that that that's what they're they're hinting at. You know, with their presentation is that we know what the community wants. We're bringing back destruction on that level, and I'm so ready for that. Absolutely. And they have they a also, battle royale mode too. Yeah, I was just about to mention that. And it like of all games in existence, all engines in existence. The battle, the battlefield engine, the frostbite engine, has is easily the most properly equipped to handle that kind of gameplay, like straight out of the box. Yeah, for sure. And the rest of EA, like they showed Anthem. Uh, they, I'm, I'm not that interested in Anthem. Uh, yeah. Seems to be something similar to, to Destiny in a way. Mm-hmm. Uh, not interested. Respawn is making a new Star Wars game. Uh, Respawn are the developers behind most recently Titanfall. Titanfall um, 2 Titanfall 2. Yeah. Did you play Titanfall 2's campaign? Very good. It's so fucking good, dude. It's just Half-Life 2. It's yeah. like a better version of Half-Life 2. Yeah, and it has one of the best levels. Like, you know, it's the linear game with levels, missions. It has one yeah. of the best missions in recent video game history. And it's got it's got several of them, if you ask me. It's got a couple levels that are fucking stand out. But I yeah, think you, they, you and I are talking about the same one, though. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Uh, really good game, uh, Titanfall 2. And so, yeah, they're making a Jedi game called Jedi Fallen Order. We don't know anything about it. They didn't show anything. They just talked to the uh, game director in the audience for like a minute or two. Yeah, super smarmy exchange. <laughs> totally. Uh, moving on to Microsoft. Dude, good on Microsoft. I think I think Microsoft has has long understood, long being like the last console generation understood that they're in second place and that they're not going to beat sony with raw numbers by the end of the generation it's just not going to fucking happen they're not going to sell more xboxes than playstations right um having said that i think that's also why playstation is so reticent to share online crossplay is because they know that they're in first place they don't have to do that so anyway back to microsoft um i was super stoked about their willingness to um to to cover like every kind of game that's coming to them not specifically exclusives i think that their exclusive lineup is not super compelling um we don't know anything about halo infinite we don't even know if that's going to be on this generation um but yeah i agree I, i think that the exclusives that they showed um i i think it's important that they do show those right so Firstly, I was going to address that Game Pass. It sounds like such a fucking rad deal at this yeah. point. And they're bringing so many games to it that 
uh, when they announced that they were bringing Phoenix down to it, I was like, um, I was very impressed because it's not, that's not the kind of like easy pull that these kinds of services typically offer. Like, oh yeah, you can play Street Fighter five on, you know, our service. Like, well, yeah, okay. Like I can, or Street Fighter four, I can play Street Fighter four anywhere. But like, um, this is a, a piece PC game that's started on fig which is a kickstarter like sister sort of company like a parallel company um developed by the creator of xcom that i didn't even think was going to come to consoles and microsoft has acquired it for game pass which very much impresses me with their with the breadth of what kind of service they're trying to provide at this point yeah it's a fantastic deal i mean especially for casual gaming but even if you are the type of person who expects to buy full retail releases anyway, mm-hmm. um, they're releasing, you know, full retail releases part of this. I mean, they released uh, Sea of Thieves and mm-hmm. Sea of Decay 2 uh, was part of it. And they announced that um, Forza, the new Forza game is going to be on the right. Game Pass. Yeah, totally. And then as far as the studio acquisitions, I don't think that they're very surprising. I, I Like I always thought that these were... Um, uh, second party companies anyway, like rare to Nintendo and the N64 days. Yeah, that makes um, sense. But now they've bought them. We're talking about, uh, what undead labs, undead labs, uh, Ninja theory, uh, playground games who make the Forza series and compulsion games who are the, we happy few developers. Right. So undead, undead labs and playground games, I assumed were already like under the Microsoft umbrella, but you right. know, great now they own them cool um ninja theory is a super good acquisition they're a really potent developer they have very specific visions and they uh they execute on them very effectively uh their games are very powerful for what they are um most recently they did, they did hellblade Senua's sacrifice which is a very like bold game to make um ab- effectively about schizophrenia um, and like gorgeous on top of it. They, yeah. I think the the actress who portrayed Senua actually won a BAFTA for her performance. And then um, the studio might have won a BAFTA for their game, even just for the game itself. But anyway, that's they're, astounding. Yeah, they're really, they're really impressive studio. So good for them. I think uh, the highlight for me for the Microsoft conference would have been um, Sekiro. Or Sekiro: Shadows mm-hmm. Die Twice, which is the new game from From Software, developers of the Dark Souls, Demon Souls, Bloodborne series, and um, clearly this isn't an exclusive. It's going to be multiple. You know, it's going to be on PS4 as well, at least. Mm-hmm. Um, but man, it looks fucking good. Yeah, it's like essentially something similar to Bloodborne in terms of movement, because Bloodborne's a, a slightly faster. In terms of mechanics, uh, Dark Souls with... Uh, I never played Bloodborne, but Bloodborne has like a, this really quick dash, whereas opposed to, to Bloodborne, it's like a slower roll. I mean, you can get pretty quick on that roll, but um, Sekiro, or Sekiro uh, seems that much quicker, and it adds this grappling hook to the equation, mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. a whole new ball game for, for a, a Souls-type game directly from, from software. Um, and how much of us, how similar this is going to be like a souls game or bloodborne. I don't know. I mean, 
Um, clearly with this grappling hook, there's a lot of verticality that hasn't been in those previous games. Um, and so it's going to be, it's going to change up how you think of playing a game like that. Um, yeah, I don't think it's going to be similar to those games much at all. Um, it looks a lot like a more deliberately paced Ninja Gaiden type game which is very exciting for me because I'm a huge Ninja Gaiden fan. And um, the developers in Ninja Gaiden, Team Ninja, developed Neo, which was a Dark Souls clone, effectively. Right. So I additionally find it interesting that From Software is now paying homage to uh, Ninja Gaiden. Mm -hmm. I wish that they would, I kind of wish Team Ninja would make a Ninja Gaiden game and From Software <laughs> would make a new Dark Souls game. But yeah. Um, that's cool. This looks good. This looks, I mean, it looks great actually. And, yeah, it uh, totally does. I, I'm excited to learn more about it, you know, cause when, when I've something I've been thinking about a lot lately, um, is how much I like building a character in, in dark souls. Mm -hmm. It's something that I enjoyed so much playing dark souls three was, was coming up with different character builds. And as much as I want that in future from software games where I can, if you know for one playthrough i want to be a, a heavy strength character that also has miracles involved right. uh, or or a, like a battle mage sorcerer yeah. um, as much as i like that and i think that is done so well in from software games if that isn't uh, <clears throat> i don't think that's going to be involved in sekiro but i've read it's not yeah uh, i i'm open to to playing a challenging game from them now that i've been indoctrinated after dark souls 3 yeah, I mean, it, PvP in, in From Software games is popular because their combat system is extremely strong. Yeah. They have very, uh, they have a very capable combat system that is both um, simple but diverse enough to allow for a strategy. And if they speed that up a bit, add a couple more extra moves. They've got uh, the workings of a great, fast-paced Ninja Gaiden-type action game. And it certainly seems like they're on their way there from the footage. And I believe that they have the capability to execute on that. Yeah, for sure. Um, okay, so let's let's breeze through some of the other stuff that I don't have much to say on. And I don't know how much you have to say on it. So let's go through some of these other press conferences and, and stuff that happened. Dude, um, just start banging <laughs> yeah, I just want to roll through it. Steamroll time. Okay, uh, so Square Enix had a really shitty press conference. I don't have uh, anything to say about the Square Enix. <clears throat> I have nothing to say. Everyone agrees they sucked. Uh, it was a terrible show. King, um, Kingdom Hearts sucks. <laughs> on record. <It> sucks. <laughs> dude, how did fucking Kingdom Hearts 3 end up in every single press conference this year? I don't, dude, you won't believe it, but Kingdom Hearts has a fucking massive fan base, and I don't know why. I don't know <laughs> dude, why. It's because it's Disney, man. People love that shit. I People, love Disney. I yeah. I am an unabashed Disney fanatic, and I cannot wrap my head around why I would want anime Disney RPG with shit action gameplay and terrible voice acting. How did uh, no one walk away from seeing those trailers and go, you know what, that voice acting was acceptable? How did they release those trailers? They don't have any fucking folly in them. There's no there's no sound effects. That's true. You're it's right. just dialogue. Mm -hmm. and then that song which i like that song actually i've listened to it outside those trailers it's catchy <laughs> i will i'm not afraid to admit that it's a good song 
I like that. I'm not going to just the song. Good song. Yeah. Uh, but fuck yeah. That was in every... Uh, like I, I, I wouldn't have been surprised if it showed up in the Ubisoft press conference for some reason. There it is. You know like, what? Kingdom we're, Hearts 3. We're paying them too much attention. Yeah, let's move on. Um, speaking of Ubisoft, though, mm-hmm. what'd you think of Ubisoft? They had a lot. They had a, they had a lot to show. So, I think Beyond Good and Evil looks super good. I played half of the first game and then put it down because it's boring. Um, but <laughs> I like the setting, and Beyond Good and Evil Two looks fucking dope. I think it's fucking gross that they're asking for people to just contribute work to a finished game. Uh, on spec and not right. get paid. That's fucking stupid. Like you're you're pouring fifty million dollars into this fucking game or whatever, and you can't pay someone like graphic designers to make some fucking logos. Like fuck off. It seems to be like this weird cult classic for some reason. It is a cult classic. Yeah, it was. Okay. It wasn't particularly successful. It sold. I had to look these numbers up because somebody was asserting that it was very popular. Uh, it did not sell well. It sold about two million copies, um, which is not very good. Uh, especially uh, for like AAA games. Yeah. And that's across many consoles. That's lifetime. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it, it probably, it's probably sold more since it went like five bucks on steam, but right. you know, when it came out in like 99 or whatever. And they have Joseph Gordon Levitt come out and announce the collaboration his company is doing with beyond good and evil. Yeah. That's the, that was the graphic design thing that I was mentioning. Oh, was it? Okay. Cause yeah. I breezed through that. I was like, as so, soon as I saw Joseph Gordon-Levitt, I skipped through it. <laughs> so beyond good and evil two's developers were like, Hey, so check it out. Like if you want to contribute to our cool game and you want to be a part of our game, we've teamed up with hit record, which is uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's company. And you can, uh, we've, we've put out some calls for specific kinds of work that we'd like to see. And if you've got what it takes, like we'll put your work in the game. And uh, Joseph Gordon-Levitt was like, yeah, man, we're working with them. And we've already got some some requests up and like, come check us out. And really all they're, they're literally what they're doing is asking people to create finished work and give it to them. And then if they like it, they might they might use it and they might pay you for it. If they don't like it, you know, you can screw. Too bad. Yeah. yeah. And that's that's, up. that's like, how that's how Joseph Gordon-Levitt does shit, man. So hit he record is apparently paid. uh creators uh, uh, around three million dollars total for their work um which is okay given the the scope of the stuff that they've accepted and uh paid for but um so they are paying people but dude ubisoft is like one of the biggest fucking studios in the world they've got i think 30 different studios across the world and they can't afford to just hire a graphic designer and pay them for it like i think it's super gross yeah what do you think that is the reasoning or do you think they're no they're well yes i do actually that's part of why companies do this like i went to school for graphic design and um i have been uh i have had work requested of me on the pretense of exposure which is literally what they're offering yeah, uh, for having your work put into Beyond Good and Evil. You don't get anything for exposure. Nobody fucking pays you an exposure. You can't buy a cookie in exposure. And like nobody knows your name by looking at your work on somebody's website or in a video game. Nobody looks at it and says, oh, Nick Faso did that. I'm going to go find him and hire him. <laughs> this is just not the way this thing works. And they always present it that way. And I'm so sick of it. 
Just fucking pay people to make stuff. Yeah, they should have just had a uh, email link where you could send your resume. That would yeah, dude. And been like better. they've got all these other games that they're fucking paying people to make all the graphic design products for, and the music products for, which is all also what they're requesting. Mm-hmm. They're paying they're paying people for for work in other games. It's, this I don't know. I they sorry. ran out of money on on Beyond Good and Evil too. <laughs> they're really stretching it. I'm 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 done ranting about that subject. Nice. Uh, the Division Two. Yeah, Division Two. I don't have much to say. I didn't play the first one. I'm not that thrilled with the stuff we've seen from the second one. Uh, the other two big games that they showed off were no, wait, Skull and Bones. I just remember. <laughs> I just remembered that the trailer for the Division Two opens <laughs> with like a voiceover and a bunch of like gnarly like like poli- uh, like world in, in distress graphic design and stuff yeah yeah and uh one of the things is abraham lincoln's statue uh from the lincoln memorial and then paint stripes across his face and it says like a, a nation in despair oh uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like dude really like tone deaf timing on the <laughs> yeah <laughs> what was that home front game that came out with recently yeah that's right yes the central plot of those games is that we're at war with North Korea. Yeah, and they were fucking kicking our asses. Yeah, we were getting beat the fuck down. Yeah. And one of the didn't one of the Call of Duty games have us go to war with Korea? Probably. Yeah. yeah. Um, Skull and Bones, they showed. It looks uh, fine. It looks fine. It, a lot of Sea of Thieves comparisons because that's the most recent pirate game you can compare to. Yeah. Very different game. Yeah. This looked very uh, specific. Like the con- the combat looked very sharp and targeted, which didn't right. really that doesn't work for me. That doesn't gel for me for this kind of game. Yeah. I mean to me, like I'm not really interested in playing a pirate game where you're not necessarily a pirate, but you're the ship itself. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. That actually is a very good point. Yeah, like I wanna I wanna be the pirate. Um, and they did show it. I don't know if many people took note of it, but they, but previously in, in what they've shown from skull and bones, they've only ever shown you in control of the ship from uh, like a top down perspective or like behind, way behind the ship perspective. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they actually showed at the beginning of this gameplay for skull and bones, um, that you are walking around in like a dock area mm-hmm. that your character is walking. Right. Uh, and what is the extent of that? We don't know. They didn't go into it. Um, but it's clear that it's predominantly spent uh, controlling this sh- ship. So yeah, ship combat game really more so than a pirate game. Yeah. Uh, and then Assassin's Creed Odyssey is that enough to get you back into Assassin's Creed being it in Greek? So mythology. It looks fucking incredible. And then uh, I heard that Odyssey and what was the last one Origins that their combat yes. is more uh, similar to for lack of a better comparison point dark souls combat than it really? is yeah it's not batman style where you're like waiting for the dodge and stuff like that and uh-huh. countering you can actually like put your shield up you do strong and weak attack stuff like that and uh it controls differently than it used to and that interests me because i i went back to play black flag because i desperately wanted to play uh a decent pirate uh, a game. Decent, a decent Assassin's Creed game. Okay. And one that also ha- had like a cool like jungle setting and stuff. And yeah. I fucking just can't stand that combat anymore. I'm so done with it. 
that was a big reason why I departed uh, the Assassin's Creed franchise. Mm-hmm. I, I was just completely disillusioned, and Black Flag, I think, was the last one I played. And after that, I, I decided I was just done. Like, I, I didn't want to invest any more money into this franchise that I hadn't enjoyed since Assassin's Creed Brotherhood. Right. Um, and so when Origins came last year, I had my interest renewed a little bit not Mm -hmm. enough to buy it still haven't played it Mm -hmm. but they did a lot of really cool things with that game yeah um especially i think the coolest thing they did was they added a mode as free dlc uh, like a month after launch that was essentially like a guided tour yeah Um, it sounds awesome just walk around egypt and they would just tell you the history of that period yeah and that sounds fucking cool and chill and relaxing uh, and they also gorgeous, gorgeous games. There's no doubt that these games are just jaw-droppingly beautiful. And then the press conference, I think, that really kind of stood out as the the winner. You know, I think Nintendo had the best presence at last year's E3, mm-hmm. uh, mostly because everyone else's presence and press conferences weren't that great. Um, mm-hmm. They didn't have much to show. Uh, but man, Sony, fuck, that was a good press conference. It was very, it was a very strong production on a press conference. Yeah, yeah. totally. I, and I think that Last of Us Two, Spider Man, uh, Ghost of Su- is it Tsushima or Tsushima? Because I've heard both. I can't say. Yeah, because uh, I, I, I heard, I, I assumed it was Tsushima, but then mm-hmm. I heard multiple people say Tsushima. So whatever it is, that looks fucking good too. Yeah. Um, Resident Evil Two hype. Neo 2, didn't play Neo, but heard it's good. Mm-hmm. Do you have any thoughts on uh, on where Last of Us 2 is headed? Uh, Last of Us 2 looks like a, a, like an incredibly bespoke animated experience that um, I can't speak to whether or not it'll be fun. Um, I, didn't, I didn't enjoy the combat in Last of Us all that much. Uh, I also found the stealth frustrating. But I loved the way it looked, and I loved uh, playing through it for the story. Um, and you can't deny that Naughty Dog is exceptionally skilled with cinematic um, storytelling. So uh, I'm excited for it for that alone. And I'm I can't get over the fucking animations in that gameplay demo. I just yeah, don't, I don't understand it. They they don't make sense to me how they can chain all that shit together and for it to not be completely choreographed. Yeah, I mean that's the thing that I that sticks out to the me to me the most when I play Last of Us is mm-hmm. when you do get in combat scenarios and you and, and same with Uncharted, it actually exists there as well. So I guess it's just a Naughty Dog thing that I haven't seen really translated in other games, which is this, as you said, like this choreographed combat that feels cinematic while you're playing it Mm -hmm. um especially in an instance where you're uh getting in hand-to-hand combat with an enemy and you'll grab them and throw them against the wall and use the force of your elbow to to bash their head against the wall and knock them out and it feels so seamless and it feels like you actually did it Mm -hmm. and it's incredibly satisfying yeah and it looks like they've taken that to um the farthest level that they can get to the way it like as you said the way it changed together is is just crazy it, yeah. it doesn't make any sense but it looks awesome yeah totally um, I've done it. and, and it's clear it. that 
the story for Last of Us Two is is also going to be very uh, emotionally impactful. Uh, it's seems like Ellie's struggling with a lot of things on many different fronts. Yeah, uh, and that's something I want to I want to learn about. So. so there there was that uh, expansion for the first one, Left Behind, mm-hmm. which is her with a friend of hers right. pri- prior to being picked up. And she's kind of coming to terms with her sexuality. And now she's... Was that explored in that DLC? Yes. Okay. Because I, I, I actually never got around to playing that. So I okay. missed that. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm glad they're committing to it in the sequel. And it's mm-hmm. also been really funny watching fans try to rationalize that she's not gay that it oh, has, come that on it are like you a, serious it was a friendly kiss or that oh, Jesus. <laughs> but it's also terribly sad um, yeah yeah but ghost of tsushima looks pretty cool um it kind of reminded me of bushida blade a lot uh, of samurai shit a lot of ninja shit this year yeah yeah sword combat man people are it's all cool. about it i like it yeah no I've, for honor came out in the wrong year for Honor should have come out this well, year. You know what? Like Ubisoft has owned their online uh, experiences in a way that no developer as large as them has previously. They've turned it around on Rainbow Six Siege and For Honor in spectacular ways. And the fact that they're still putting out content for For Honor speaks to that because that game was not like a red hot title when it was released. Um, and that was fully like a year and a half ago at this point, two years ago. And Siege even longer, right? Oh, yeah. I, mean, I feel like Siege has been around for almost three years now. Siege is on its third year. Yeah. Yeah. Good for them. Yeah, and that that game is huge. I, yeah. And I can, I'm can i continually both equally shocked and impressed that that game is, is still as big a deal as it is. But it They're both good is. games. I've played them both, and they're both very good games. Yeah. And then Spider-Man. Uh, I mean, I've been stoked on this since they first showed it last year or whenever it was. Um I'm just excited for a new, well, well-developed superhero game. Yeah, and uh, we've talked a little bit about this already. I, and I think that I think what we've seen so far shows that there's, uh, uh, with great power comes great responsibility mm-hmm. um, and potential. So, yeah. I think this uh, Spider-Man's going to be good. With great power comes great pile drivers from the top of the Empire State Building. A thousand feet down, That's what I'm a mile for. in the sky, straight down onto <laughs> yeah. the neck and head of a perp. Just spin, slowly spinning for between five and ten seconds. <laughs> yes, it takes so long. <laughs> they have a lot to think about. Yeah. Oh, Confess God, their God. sins. Ah, ah. <laughs> um, yeah, and then control. Um, oh, from dude, Remedy. how did I forget? Yeah. Oh my God, control looks so good. The control looks fucking tight. I've it's, been waiting for a game like that, dude. It, okay, so. I have been so amped on the natural motion and Euphoria engine um, for as long as it's been around. It's the engine that um, that they use in GTA 4 and 5 uh, for the bodies that correct themselves and stuff like that. The AI that naturally stands itself right. up. When you, you know? when you shoot up... Uh... AI in the leg or something and they yeah. kind of wobble around and then they they write themselves. Yeah, and natural motion the developer 
uh, I believe that's their name, they also developed a physics and material engine that was used in the Star Wars Force Unleashed games. I don't know if you remember this engine, but wood splinters yeah. and concrete shatters. Especially effective when you're using a lightsaber. You yeah. slice a box in half and you can see the scorch marks. You can see it split exactly where you cut it in half. It's great. It's, it's an unreal, it's an unbelievable engine. And How is no uh, one using it? Nobody. So, okay. So that studio is using that engine in movies. It's so, it's so effective that they use it in movies like Godzilla, King Kong. It's in all of these movies where buildings break apart and stuff like that. Um, the only other game that it's used in is Quantum Break, which is a Remedy Studios production. This yeah. game is very clearly using it too. And the yes. fact that it's, that it's geared around destruction makes me so excited. I'm so excited to see that engine again. Fuck. Yeah, I'm so excited. I, <laughs> I'm just excited for uh, a game with awesome fucking telekinetic powers because while that is cliche to some, mm -hmm. there hasn't been a good one in my book since um, PsyOps uh, way back yeah. when. Yeah, and PsyOps was an incredible, incredible game. Yeah. I, I Although going back and playing it recently, I actually played it like a month ago. It's not very good. Not very good. No. But I remember playing that game and being completely floored because I hadn't experienced anything with that level of physics before. And I was just, I, I have such fond memories of that experience and I've been waiting for a game to come along that can uh, stand in for that in my mind and create an overall better experience. And I, I hope that's what Control is going to do. And from the short, short trailer that we saw, um, I have high hopes for that. It's looking very good. Remedy is a very, very, good. very cool studio. Yes, indeed. I, I, I missed out on uh, most of their titles. I, I never got around to playing Alan Wake. I know that those games are pretty well received by, mm -hmm. by critic and fan alike. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm going to definitely give Control a fair shake and, and hopefully more than that. Um, okay, so uh, Nintendo... Had, they were the last to to show up. Their press conferences was uh, Tuesday morning, I think. Mm -hmm. And um, only thing really to talk about from there is, is Smash, which is what they dedicated their whole press conference to, really. Dude, um, that fucking presentation on Smash was just minutia. Right. Well, that's <laughs> what people in the Smash community like. You got to think of it in that way. Like the people who have been super invested in the Smash series mm -hmm. take it apart in every aspect. I mean, look at the way that they've taken a game like Super Smash Bros. Melee and like completely reworked it, taken that game, stripped it to nothing and then reworked it to, to what suits them. Mm -hmm. the I think this M. was a yeah, Project M. Exactly. I think that that this press conference 30 minutes going into so much detail that that the common like me and you like we don't really need to know about i think it's service to that to that type of person in the community don't you think i well so yes and no i think that the kind of player that you're talking about is deeply invested in the gameplay mechanics of those games and fair fair point like fighting game players who take those games seriously must be deeply invested in order to advance their their level of skill but the detail that they focused on in this presentation was very much not about gameplay mechanics it was about like marth's voice is a little different when you have this different costume on <laughs> right like peach winks and stuff like that it's like, <laughs> all right man you did that for every character also they detailed the super smashes which i don't even know if those are 
like as an aside, I don't know if those are even legal in league play. No, they aren't. I don't yeah, use so, them. <laughs> um, so I think, I think the amount of detail that was paid to this game or the attention that was paid to this game was not in the area that I would necessarily agree with you on. They eventually got to how the gameplay mechanics have changed and that's important and very interesting. Uh, but I did not need to know that like you can wear the advent children costume for uh fucking cloud. It doesn't, doesn't affect me. <laughs> uh, I'm just excited to play smash uh, like on our console again. Cause I yeah. missed the whole Wii U thing. I couldn't justify buying that system for essentially one game because smash is all i wanted yeah. um so good good for me and good for this type of player yeah. uh who never got to play it and now you get every player in smash history it's gonna be good fun good fun for everyone uh, but that's really all we can walk away from the uh, nintendo conference with they showed off the new pokemon game mm-hmm. eh. pokemon go on switch is in uh, also yellow version remake essentially so right. take that People will like it, I'm sure. Um, and 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 that was it, really, in terms of like press conference. And the two things that we haven't talked about, actually, you know what, we we didn't get into Bethesda too heavily, but let's no. let's take a break right now and and reformulate. And then in part two, we're going to talk about Bethesda, and we're going to talk about uh, a game that we left out from the Sony press conference when we talked about that. Uh, perhaps if you were listening, you will know what that is. Ooh. 